our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Welcome and good evening. I'm your host with the most, Mr. Ramsey, and I'll be bringing you three true camping and wilderness scary stories with some forest ambience. If you haven't already, maybe consider subscribing if you enjoy these encounters. Anyway, without further ado, let's begin. Number 1 Long-time lurker on here, using a throwaway. I've recently found myself snowed in and bored so I figured I'd finally share my own story. This really happened, and this is how it went down. No bullshit, this isn't fiction. And I'll warn you, it's long. I grew up in Ohio in the 70s, and me and my childhood friend Joey were outside all the time we could manage it. Joey lived on a farm that bordered a pretty big forest, and my parents would drop me off in the morning, and we'd stay in the woods all weekend. We'd only come out for school. We loved pretending we were frontiers men. We'd build shelters, traps, practice making fire with sticks, the whole nine yards. When we got to be in high school, we got this notion to pull a Stand By Me. This was based on the movie of the same name that had just come out. The idea was that we'd walk the railroad tracks out in the country, but instead of looking for the dead body, we'd find cool bridges to fish from and camp a little ways off the tracks. Of course we knew this was dangerous, and we'd likely be trespassing, but we were kids. We had a lot of fun. We did find beautiful rivers. We discovered bridges no one went to. We fished, we hid from trains, and at night we camped in woods just near the tracks and made small hidden fires. Nothing bad ever happened. It was ideal. In fact, it was so fun we did it multiple times. Never had a problem. After high school, me and Joe went our own ways. We both left home but always stayed in touch and always tried to coordinate visits so we'd see each other occasionally. Well, one summer in the mid-90s, it worked out that we were both in town for about a week. We'd do stuff with family in the day, and at night we'd either catch drinks at a bar or sit outside Joe's house around a fire and talk about the old days. One night, me and Joe got talking about our standby me trips. Well, nostalgia and beer are a hell of a mix. Soon we decided to take a day, walk the rails, camp one night and walk home. The day came, we started out early in the morning. We had my wife drop us off in our old spot where we used to start, right outside our hometown. She thought this was absolutely crazy and made sure to mention it. When she pulled away, Joe suggested that instead of walking the usual route, we'd take the opposite direction just to be adventurous. We knew the land well, we had a map, so I gave it what the hell and we set off. The day went fine, it was fun and a little sad, but in a good way. We found a bridge and sat on the edge. Smoked a joint and moved on. We had no fishing gear, but we brought some canned food and other stuff. Before night started to set in, we picked a spot to camp. It was a thick forested area, trees on every side of the train tracks so you felt like you were in a tunnel. We had brought small hammocks to sleep on, but before we set them up we decided to do a little scouting of the perimeter. Now this is what we used to do in the old days too. We'd walk the area around a little bit to make sure some dude's house wasn't just over the hill. We were actually camping in the yard, 
We walked maybe a hundred or so feet into the woods and up a small incline. We figured if we didn't see anything from on top of the short hill, we'd be fine. But when we got to the top, we saw an old building down at the bottom, about a hundred yards into the woods. It was barely visible. We pondered over what to do. We both assumed it was a sugar shack or something, because there didn't appear to be a clear road into it. From where we were, there didn't look to be anyone in it either. All was quiet. No movement could be seen. No lights. We decided to walk a little closer just to make sure. We came down the hill very slowly, and as we neared the building, we saw it wasn't a sugar shack at all. It was an old church. It looked like it had been abandoned for years. It was a squat, sagging building whose wooden planks were almost blank from years of moss and rot. A cross still stood on top of the place, also weathered black. None of the windows had glass and there were no doors, just open doorways. We got close enough to see inside. There were rows of pews and built-up sections in front for a preacher to stand. We didn't go all the way in. We didn't want to. Beyond all that, there was no sign of anyone else. No footprints, no paths, no roads. It was an abandoned church. We left immediately and went back up the hill to our spot we had picked to camp. Having a hill between us and the church made us feel better, but we were still a little uneasy. We chalked it up to the natural creepiness seeing a church in the middle of the woods would elicit. Besides, at this point it was dusk and we just decided to rig up our hammocks and go to sleep and move on at early morning. Night set in, and as we lay in our hammocks and shot the ship, we began to hear something in the direction of the church. Our conversation about it went a little like this. Do you hear that? What the fuck is that? It sounds like people singing. And it did sound just like singing. We both slid right over hammocks and hunkered down, straining to hear more. We listened for a minute or two, and the singing continued, but it wasn't getting louder. Finally, we decided to creak back up the hill and see if we could spy where the sound was coming from. We could still move very quietly in the woods from the old days. It was second nature to us. The moon was barely out, but it provided enough light so you could see where you were walking, so you wouldn't walk right into a tree, but it was near pitch black. We didn't use flashlights as we crept slowly up the hill and we didn't talk. We got to the top when we saw light in the distance. It was coming from the church, and the singing was coming from inside. Joe and I put our heads close together and had a hushed conversation that boiled down to, Can you believe this shit? The light looked to be candlelight from the way it flickered, and though we tried, we couldn't make out what was being sung. It sounded like church music, but in another language. We sat and watched for a while, trying to see what was in there, but we only saw occasional shadows. We had no intention of getting closer either. We had about a football field length between us, and we aimed to keep it that way. The singing continued for a bit, and then it stopped. After that, a booming male voice began to chant. I was already freaked out, but this voice thoroughly scared the shit out of me. It sounded like some Old Testament preacher you see in the movies. But again, it was like he was speaking in a different language, because we couldn't understand a single word. Eventually, it got to where the single male voice would say something and then a bunch of voices would answer in song. This lasted for a while, and then they all broke into this long, sustained wail and just kept getting louder. It got so loud and so disturbing that I covered my ears, and then it stopped. At this point, I was just getting ready to say, let's get the fuck out of here, when Joe put a hand on my shoulder and hissed, they're coming out. 
we were far enough away that we couldn't make them out really well, but what we could see was a line of figures walk out in the open doorway, all holding hands in a single file. We could see some of them had flashlights. They began to sing again, and the lights from the flashlights began to move towards us and the hill. We booked it back down to our campsite, grabbed our shit and ran to the tracks. Once there we ran down the tracks in the direction we had come from. After a few minutes, we stopped and looked back. We saw lights coming down the hill. They were more erratically like whoever was holding them was shaking them. We continued to run in spurts and walk as fast as we could. We eventually stopped seeing the lights and came to a road. By our map, we knew a small town was about 15 minutes down it and we walked there got to a 24 hour gas station and called my wife to come get us. My wife and other friends all just thought it was kids messing around, but I heard those voices and they sure as hell didn't sound like kids to me. Not sure who those people were, but it was definitely the creepiest thing that happened to me out in the woods. Number 2 A crazy experience I'll never forget when I was out camping. A man that just showed up at our group camping site, also miles from a natural campground, and watched us behind the different trees from a distance. A few of us said hello, but he wouldn't answer. Yet when he saw the kids, he tried to talk to them repeatedly. We were a big group of adults, but since we had children with us, some of the guys finally went over and confronted him. He claimed to not be watching us, and walked away. Then later that night, he pulled up in a beat-up RV and parked, blocking us in right next to our makeshift group site. The RV itself was bizarre and creepy. He had children's underwear on the dash, toys and junk piled up etc. It was just getting dark and we were all around the fire when he suddenly walks up and stands in our little circle. He made a comment right off the bat that all the little ones went to bed early, which freaked me out immediately. The guys asked him to leave, semi nicely, not knowing what his deal was. About a half hour later I could see him standing off behind a tree smoking. Couldn't see him but saw the end of his cigarette. He just washed and chain-smoked. It was unnerving, in the middle of nowhere, being watched by a man who seemed so focused on our kids. Not to mention that out of the three other families we were with, my family of four was the only one in a tent, which didn't feel as safe as an RV or camper with him there. I went to bed with our two kids so they didn't feel alone. Our tent was on the furthest side of the site, away from the fire. Shortly after the kids fell asleep, I heard crunching in the woods around the tent and called my husband's name, thinking he was stumbling in the dark looking for a tent door. When he didn't answer, I unzipped the door and shined the light around, right across the feet of the creepy guy. I instantly jumped up and started yelling. All the guys came running from the fire. The creepy guy just stood there and stared at us, didn't explain himself, not that he would have had a good reason, then turned and walked away. I was beyond done. We packed up our stuff and crammed it into the car, pleading with our friends to leave but they wouldn't. I was the only adult there that hadn't been drinking, no one could drive home. I drove home, so awake and on high alert all the way. Our friends that stayed did have guns and they all had secure campers and RVs to sleep in. They came home the next night and had even more bizarre encounters with creep. Each of us did contact authorities by the way. Number 3 I am a 17 year old guy currently living in Phoenix, Arizona. This incident took place around 6 months ago on an overnight trip into the Superstition Mountains which are about an hour drive east of Phoenix. I am not going to specify the exact trail 
because I've been doing this stuff long enough to realise what happens when you post stuff on the internet. Whether it's a good trail, abandoned mine, ghosts or whatever it may be, people come flocking and it's usually with a lot of trash and loud music. Anyway, this particular trail I was taking was an 8 mile loop through a canyon. Pretty simple in and out overnight trip. I had planned to go with my friend, but a last minute cancel on his part left me on my own. So, with a packed bag and car ready to go, I decided to go on my own. Not leaving the house on time and some trouble navigating rough forest roads, I didn't arrive to the trailhead until around 5.45, which for those of you who don't backpack, this is a very big no-no. I had about a four mile hike until I arrived at my planned camping spot and it was getting dark fast, so I figured if I moved quick enough I could get at least two to three miles in before I had to find a spot. This strategy left me hiking a very dark trail on my own with about 50 miles of dirt road between me and anyone else. Hiking in the dark by itself is scary, especially for when I was and being on my own. Eventually it got so dark that I could only see where my headlamp was pointing and that's when I figured I needed to stop and get a camp set up. With only using the headlamp as my light source and trying to move fast, I ended up in a less than ideal spot but there were some burnt pieces of wood and the remains of a fire circle, so it looked like people had been there before, but definitely not recently. My first priority was to get a fire going. I scanned the area around me and was able to find some dry wood and I got the fire going. I got my tarp set up and cracked open a can of chili mac I had brought for myself and wasn't very much looking forward to eating. I was feeling good, my camp was set up and my food was on the fire. The feeling of uneasiness from the hike and had almost gone away, but it was still there, side effect of camping alone in remote areas. To fully understand what happened, I had to explain to you how my camp was set up. The site I had picked was a small clearing surrounded by large pine trees with a trail about 30 feet to my left. When you're in the woods and have a fire going, the fire casts a circle of light around it and everything on the edge of that circle and past it are pitch black. I was sitting on the ground near my fire eating my dinner when a small rock about the size of a marble was thrown into my camp. I looked at the tiny rock in shock as I was positive that I was the only person on this trail that night. I immediately turned my light on and towards the area where I had seen the rock come from, but due to the density of the pines and brush, I could only see about 10 feet. I spent the next 15 minutes in disbelief as I scanned the tree line that surrounded me searching for whatever or whoever had thrown the rock, not daring to stray too far from my fire that in hindsight offered me a false sense of security. After sitting back down and spending the rest of my time in high alert, I was able to convince myself that I had somehow kicked the rock when it had fallen from a tree. I went to sleep that night not expecting the pure terror that was about to unfold. I woke to the sound of rustling leaves, barely inaudible if you weren't listening for them, but they were there. Still, in the sleepy days I listened as the rustling of leaves got harder to hear as I assumed they were moving away from me. I went to grab my handheld flashlight that I'd left next to me when I'd fallen asleep, but the more I looked, the more scared I got as I came to realise that it was no longer there. I stood up in my sleeping bag and ducked out of my tarp and looked around. I was able to see a light off in the woods. It couldn't have been more than 15 feet away, it was my flashlight laying on the ground in a pile of leaves. This is one of the few moments in my life where I've almost shit my pants. The flashlight that I had left sitting right next to me when I'd fallen asleep a few hours ago 
was now 15 feet away from me past a tree line in the woods. I hurriedly slipped my boots on, clutching my knife in my other hand and keeping my head on a swivel. I weighed my options. Stay here and wait out the night, or attempt a three mile hike back to the car in the dark. I figured that whatever, or whoever it was out here with me, was definitely going to have a better advantage if I was out on the trail without a light. So, I decided to stay at the camp and wait out the night there. Eventually, it came back. I could hear it walking through the woods. It was far off, but I could hear it. It sounded like someone leisurely walking by, like they were on a stroll without a care in the world. Sometimes it would walk too far away, and I would lose the sound of its steps. But then, an hour later, maybe two, it would return, still faint as ever. This went on for about three or four hours, until the steps I was listening to got closer, and closer, until they were about seven feet from me. At this point, the fire got in very small, as I'd run out of wood in my pile. The footsteps stopped, and everything went totally silent. I sat there still, for two hours, clutching at a knife in my hand, and prayed that I wouldn't hear anything else. I stayed like that until the sun cast enough light that I could see that I was alone at my campsite. I packed my things and speed walked the three miles back down the trail I had taken. I arrived at the empty dirt road where my car was parked and nearly sprinted to it as I unlocked my Subaru. Jumped in and drove and didn't stop until I put at least 20 miles between me and that place. I stopped at a gas station in Apache Junction to buy a Red Bull, but mostly just to see and or talk to another person. As I exited the store, I was able to read what was written in the dust on the back window of my car. Sleep well? Question mark. A lot of weird things have happened to me on my various adventures through Arizona, but this is the weirdest and scariest by far, so I thought I'd share it. It is a seriously deranged person living in the Superstition Mountains. Do yourself a favour and stay as far away from those mountains as you can. Thank you all for listening. If you enjoyed these creepy forest stories, perhaps you'd enjoy one of the videos on screen now. I'm uploading every week, so subscribe if you enjoy. Thank you. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.